By the time the cops came, he was supposedly smiling on a swing set and cheerfully eating his candy. Welcome, listeners. I'm the one known as Cool Josh. I host the show you're currently watching or listening to for a paycheck that barely meets my needs, and yet I'm still forced to wear this jack-o'-lantern shirt to appear more festive. Regardless, Halloween is pretty chill, and today's episode will be all about the inspiration behind the movie Halloween and the psychopath known as Michael Myers. Was he a real person? What urban legends inspired the movie? And more. So sit back, eat some candy, and enjoy the first Halloween edition of Off Brand Horror. Who the hell are you? Good morning, good afternoon, or good evening. You're listening to Off-Brand Horror. I'm Michael Myers. I'm Laurie Strode. And before I get started, I'm taking this mask off. Because <laughs> I'm sure that was horrid for the audio listeners. It was definitely muffled. <laughs> well, we made it, guys. We made it to October. The first episode of October. It is the season of Halloween. We've been waiting for this. Spooky season. And uh, my fir- the first story of October is going to be Michael Myers related, hence the costumes here. But uh, this is also what we're going to dress for as Halloween anyway, because uh, last year we were Ghostface and Casey Becker. Mm-hmm. Oh, um, Drew Barrymore, for those who don't know her character name yeah. in this movie. So from the Scream movie, we did a whole photo shoot uh, trying to reenact some of the... Uh, I- oh, look, that looks kind of cool to stay standing. <laughs> um, it's going to fall. <laughs> um reenacting the iconic scenes from the yes open. from the scream movie we plan on doing the exact same thing for halloween All right, i can't I, I don't know what to do with this mask Kristen. put it on the eyeball it's gonna fall over no it won't see it's good all righty well oh uh, it's kind of covering you though <laughs> let's just lay her down right there anywho um, so today's episode is about um, Stanley Styers. I know what you're thinking. That sounds a lot like Michael Myers. And there's a reason for that. So uh, Michael Myers, the character, was uh, obviously inspired by some things uh, by John Carpenter. Um, funny enough... To me, the thing that is most similar to Michael Myers, John Carpenter has never brought up. He's never brought up Stanley Styers. But before we talk about that, let's get right into the story of Stanley Styers. All right, so I am reading this article from hiddenremote.com. It is written by Rachel Roth. 
It says, Michael Myers, the face of the Halloween franchise, may be a work of fiction, but he was inspired by urban legends and a couple of real-life serial killers, Stanley Styers and Ed Kemper. So this is an urban legend to some, and to others they swear up and down that this is a true story. However, there is no record of this, so we don't know if it was an urban legend or an actual true story. Uh, it happened all the way back in 1912. So it's hard to say, you know. 1912? Yes. I didn't realize the story was going to be so old. Yes, very, very old. Uh, unlike Kemper, Stanley Steyer's story is a mysterious one that started in tragedy. In 1912, two baby boys were born in the same hospital on the same day. One belonged to the Steyer's family, who were thrilled with their new newborn baby, and another belonged to an unnamed family who were also happy with their precious boy. However, unbeknownst to them, there was a malevolent nurse working in the nursery who, who swapped the babies for fun. The two unsuspecting families took the wrong children home, but on the way home from the hospital, the unnamed family was in a car accident. The entire family, including the real Styers baby, was killed. By the time the Styers learned the truth, it was too late, and their son was dead. In their minds, there was only one way to handle the situation, and that was taking it out on the imposter. The Styers couldn't see Stanley as anything other than a boy who wasn't theirs, and began to resent the mere sight of him. They became violent alcoholics and began abusing the boy, locking him in his room and punishing him for no reason. The couple then had another baby, a girl named Susie, who became their pride and joy. She was their little sunshine, as opposed to Stanley, their little shadow. Susie picked up the favoritism and began to treat Stanley poorly as well, often physically abusing him. I think we can all see that this story isn't going to end well. In October 30th, 1923, it didn't. So it was like around Halloween as well. Yes. Stanley was 11 years old, and all he wanted to do was go trick-or-treating. As expected, he was denied, and his sister got to go to a Halloween party while he stayed home. This was the straw that broke the camel's back. Seeing his sister getting all the love and attention he never got, and able to enjoy this simple holiday unlike him, is what finally broke him. When Susie got home, Stanley got a butcher knife and stabbed her repeatedly. He then killed his parents while they slept and even attacked the family dog. The next day, on October 31st, he went trick-or-treating for the first time and continued his massacre. That night when he spotted the bullies who made his life as miserable at school as it was at home, he killed as many as he could. He even went into one of their houses and murdered their entire family. By the time the cops came, he was supposedly smiling on a swing set and cheerfully eating his candy. He was taken to a private psychiatric institution where he was studied for the next 13 years. This is where the somewhat believable part of the story ends. The rest of Stanley's story is strange. What's even more strange is there's no record of him. Rumor is the government covered it up. Why would they bother doing such a thing? 
Maybe that's a question better left unanswered if you want to believe that this story is 100% true. Apparently, the facility wanted to know what would make a boy snap as he had and what gave a pre-adolescent child the strength to kill so many people. They looked for everything, even paranormal factors, but found nothing. 13 years after that fateful Halloween, on October 31, 1936, Stanley was 24 years old and stood at a staggering 6 foot 4 inches tall. A couple of hospital orderlies started harassing them, or started harassing him, they must have been morons, and Stanley snapped their necks. He then went right out of the hospital like it was no big deal. The cops met him in the parking lot where he was hit with several bullets but kept on walking. Some stories proclaim that he possessed unnatural strength and that he killed some federal agents by throwing a car at them. Some claimed he felt no pain and that the agents were killed the moment Stanley got his hands on them. So that is the story of Stanley Styers. A lot of the first half really did have like moments in Halloween the movie. Yes. So the funny thing is, uh, like I mentioned before, John Carpenter has never brought up Stanley Styers. So, um, how did you find the link between the two? Like other people are like, this is really similar or Yes, this is lit- the article has all of the things that inspired Michael Myers, and then they also put in Stanley Styers because it's such a debated topic. Mm-hmm. So, like, Ed Kemper, the real serial killer, inspired him for real. There was also the story of a 12-year-old boy who was in a mental institution who John Carpenter was visiting this mental institution and saw him and said that his blank stare, like, creeped him out. And... uh he said he looked like he had, like, the devil in his eyes, which is why in the movie they gave, you know, they're like, you look into that boy's eyes and there's nothing but the devil. The devil's eyes. He never brings up Stanley Styers. One of the um, things that people debate is that Stanley Styers was a legend created after Halloween came out. Oh. And that it was they were trying to pass it off as this is the inspiration to get attention, you know? Yeah, I guess that could be true. Which is fun. You would think John Carpenter would mention, especially with the names being so similar, Stanley Styers, Michael Myers. Yeah. I kind of believe that it was like, they. someone created this legend after Halloween and is trying to pass it off like, this is the real life inspiration. This yeah. is the real life Michael Myers. Maybe so. Well, that's crazy how they were able to kind of get that going I guess for the time frame. So Halloween was kind of like based in a lot of urban legend, huh? Yeah. Well, I um, mean, I guess if Stanley Stars is a real urban legend. Yeah, they they actually mention it towards the end of the article. It says, The inspirations from Kemper and Stiers have never been confirmed by Carpenter. So even Kemper has never been confirmed. But fans have taken it upon themselves to connect the dots. Whenever questioned, Carpenter usually admits that a lot of things went into making Michael Myers, including urban legends and real-life psychopaths. The differences between Myers and Styers are almost non-existent. They might as well be the same person. There is no existing record of anyone named Stanley Styers, so it's impossible to tell. Ed Kemper is a real man. That much is definite and there are clear similarities between Myers and him. Both started killing at a young age, 
wanted to harm their sisters. Both grew to be of huge body size and had evil eyes. Kemper was an awkward young man and grew to be a reserved older man, at least in conversation. He was called charming and polite by his arresting officers, but Kemper was never much of a talker. He only targeted women he was attracted to, who he killed because he knew they wouldn't ever date him. Though Myers never shows any sexual attraction towards the women he murders in the first Halloween film, he tends to primarily target young females the same age as his sister when he killed her. Halloween starts off with Judith Myers getting fondled by her boyfriend on the couch before they go upstairs and have sex. Michael waits until the boyfriend leaves before entering his sister's room and killing her while she's sitting topless in front of her dresser. The film portrays Michael as an emotionless child who kills his sister because he's evil, but him waiting to kill her after she has sex to, and to do it while she's topless does say something. Yeah, Later, I always thought that part was a little weird. Yeah. And then he does end up killing, what, the other, like one of his, what, his third victim when she was, or fourth, she was naked after having sex. Yeah, yeah. Something's <laughs> going on. Later in the film, he sees Laurie Strode, who looks similar to Judith, and stalks her. Those he seeks out are always women, and like Kemper, Myers seems to also lack proper social skills. Yeah, so lots of things that uh, Michael Myers is based off of, including the legend known as the babysitter and the man upstairs, which is an urban legend. And it's my understanding that you are going to tell us that story. Is that right? Yes, sir. Is that right, Lori Schrode? <laughs> yes. Okay. Very fitting for me, Lori Schrode, a babysitter. babysitter. And I'm sure that her and her friends probably discussed that uh, urban legend. Probably. Probably. I can see that. Yeah. Well, uh, if you would tell us that story right after this commercial break. It's Halloween night. You pour yourself your score of candy on the floor, grab a piece, take a bite, only to feel a warm metallic liquid fill your mouth. Worst case scenario, you choke on your own blood and die. Best case scenario, you permanently ruin the inside of your mouth because of a razor blade hidden in your candy bar. Those days are officially over thanks to the off-brand horror razor blade detector. Just line your candy up and hover the razor blade detector over each piece of candy you have and listen for the one-of-a-kind sound of our razor blade detecting technology. Ah, shit, that's a blade. Once you hear that sound, you know you can throw that piece of candy directly in the trash can. For just three payments of $19.99, this is a deal you don't want to miss. No more attempting to break the piece of candy in half to check for blades and cutting your fingers like a dumb piece of shit. Just hover the off-brand horror razor blade detector over each piece of candy. Ah, shit, that's a blade. And have yourself a happy Halloween. Call now and receive the off-brand horror poison detector for free. That shit poison. That's four payments of $19.99 and you'll get the off-brand horror razor blade detector and poison detector 100% completely. Seriously, we swear, no extra money. Holy shit, it's completely free. Just pay $60 for shipping and handling. Call the number on your screen now. All right, welcome back to off-brand horror. Uh, Kristen? Why don't you go ahead and tell us all about that babysitter and the man upstairs? All right. 
So much like most urban legends, this is a story that is heard from someone that knew someone that this happened to. A couple living in a large isolated house had gone out to a dinner party one evening and left the babysitter in charge of their two children. The children had been put to bed and the babysitter was watching the television when the phone rang. She answered, but all she heard was breathing. Think it was a prank, she hung up. Later on, there was another call. This time, she heard a man say, I'm upstairs with the children. You'd better come up. Oh, I'd be like out of that house so fast. Mm-hmm. Um, getting, but the kids. I know. So it's like, it's a tough spot, you know, like you're supposed to be protecting these kids. <laughs> but um, you hear that? Don't let Kristen babysit your kids. Yeah. She going to get the call. I'd probably, I'd probably holler up the stairs, you know, be like, hey, whoever the kids are, like, can y'all, can y'all hear me? <laughs> can y'all respond? Come downstairs. Come downstairs. Getting rather frightened, she called the operator and was advised they would notify the police and should uh, he phone again, could she keep him talking in order to give them time to trace the call? Minutes after she replaced the receiver, the phone rang again and the voice said, I'm upstairs with the children. You'd better come up. So he's still up there, or yeah. supposedly taunting her. Right. So she tried to keep him talking. However, he must have figured out what she was doing because he hung up, hung up shortly after. But seconds after, the phone rang again. This time, it was the operator who said, "Get out of the house right away. The man is calling from inside the house." The babysitter put down the phone and just then heard someone coming down the stairs. She fled from the house and ran straight into the arms of the police. They burst into the house and found a man with a large butcher's knife. He had entered the house through an upstairs window, murdered both the children, and was just about to do the same to the babysitter. Mm. And that is the urban legend of the babysitter and the man, the man upstairs. upstairs. And that was one of the inspirations of... Michael Myers or Halloween. When a stranger calls is directly based on that urban legend. Oh, yeah. When a stranger calls based off of the babysitter and the man upstairs. Mm-hmm. And also uh, Scream was uh, somewhat based off of that movie as well. They took inspiration from the phone calls aspect. Oh. Yeah. Everything borrowing from... Urban same, legends. Yeah. yeah. Urban legends. You got to love them. Got to love them. They... Gave us a lot of good horror movies. Sure did. The um, When a Stranger Calls was a tough watch for me. The, like A remake came out when I was a teenager, and uh, it was a stressful watch. <laughs> <laughs> I just never, like, I feel like I'd be a bad survivor. Oh, really? <laughs> yeah, like, I'd be watching these movies, and, like, I don't know, some of the survivors are kind of, like, clever, and they keep it together enough to where they can, like, hide and not get caught, but I'd be one of the first to go, I think. (laughs) All right, well, Crystal Weathers is standing by right now with a weather update for us. So, uh, Crystal, go ahead and take it away. Thank you, Josh. Well, fall is officially here, and with fall comes cooler temperatures, the changing of the leaves, and the constant reminder of aging and death. As the weather cools and the winds pick up, bright green foliage will be replaced with yellow and brown. Once vibrant and lively plants will begin to wilt and decay, as will we with time. Such a cozy time of year. That is all. Back to you. All right, Crystal, we appreciate it. 
Uh, we will be right back after this short commercial break. Little body flew, flew up into the forest. Stupid up the field mice. And popping them on the head. Have you ever been camping and gotten the feeling that someone's watching you? Been alone in the woods and heard footsteps trailing behind you? Everyone knows there are creatures in the woods that can kill you, but there are also creatures in the woods that want to hurt you. Observe your pain. They're fascinated by it, and it may make you beg for death. People go missing in the woods all the time. Maybe they just got lost. Maybe they were attacked by an animal. Maybe their stalker finally saw their opportunity. Maybe it was neither man nor animal that got them. Something's in the woods. Call us at 858-215-4455 and tell us about your scary woods experiences. Today, we believe you, even when no one else will. Call or text us at 858-215-4455. We will set you free. Let us save you or enjoy the fate you chose, beloved. Call now. Alrighty then, we are back right here on Off-Brand Horror, and believe it or not, Kristen, we have a phone call. <gasps> a phone call? We have a phone call that we are going to listen to. So, I just want to say that this call is from uh, Tom Spall. Uh, so, Tom, thank you, because uh, if you remember last episode, he wrote a Facebook comment about uh, them hearing the whistler in an old school that he worked at as a teacher. And then going back for your things like they wouldn't be there tomorrow. Just get out, man. <laughs> so he left us a voicemail. Uh, by the way, you can leave us a voicemail at 858-215-4455. Keep in mind there is a three-minute voicemail limit. So you can um, either finish your story by the end of that or you can uh, hang up and call us back and finish your story, um, and we'll play both of them. Or you can text us at that number as well. So, without further ado, a story from Tom. So yeah, my story, I'll try to make it quick since I only have three minutes. But, um, have you guys ever heard about the boiler room killer? So, in all these old school districts and school buildings and hospital buildings and all these like city hall type buildings, like these really old turn of the century, 1900 type of buildings. Um, they, a lot of these buildings, most of them, even the new ones have boiler rooms. And there's this myth or story that goes around that uh, this lore is that these, there's like ghosts or killers in these boiler rooms of these places. Well, I kind of like just scoffed at that kind of uh, idea until um, I was at teaching at a middle school in Oklahoma City 
uh, and the principal told me this whole story of what happened that um, one time in the uh, 1970s or so, I think, there was someone killed uh, in their boiler room of their middle school. And to get into the school early in the morning or to leave the school late at night, you had to go down these stairs into this old uh, 1900s building, go into the boiler room, through the boiler room, and out to fully lock all the doors. Well, there was supposedly a ghost, they thought, that uh, killed a lady in the boiler room. And uh, that's where that lore and that myth, that story came from. But it's all around the United States if you look up boiler room killings and stuff like that. Um, and I'll tell you in another voicemail what actually happened to that actual uh, death of this lady. Um, she was leaving school one day and um, she never lasted. She never made it home. And so the two other friends that worked with her came and found her up at the school and she was dead in the boiler room. And uh, yeah, I'll leave it at that. So um, he ended up texting the rest of his story. So I'll just finish up reading uh, what he texted me. He said, so it ended up not being a ghost, because this, this, just in case you didn't make out what happened, a teacher was leaving through the boiler room, which you had to do, and she was found dead. And so all these stories went around that th this legend of boiler room killings at schools. Um, so he finishes up with a text that says, it ended up not being a ghost. It was actually a crazy janitor that ended up strangling the counselor as she was leaving for the night in the boiler room, and then he left her body there. But when my principal told me the story, she told me how the first person to the school is the last person to leave, or the first person to the school and the last person to leave had to go through the boiler room, and they told stories and lore of other boiler room killings and strange phenomenons that happened all across the globe. And that is how I first heard of the boiler room killer. It always scared the bleep out of me and her and the rest of the admin team always wanted to take me down to the boiler room to show me and I always told them no. You made the right choice on this one. <laughs> Crazy. Yeah, that's sad and terrifying. Yes. One, like, if I worked at that school, I would not want to be the first in or the last out. No. Oh, my I would goodness. do everything I could to avoid it. Oh, my goodness. Can you imagine? And then he sent me uh, a newspaper clipping, which I'll put for the video podcast. Um, oh, cool. You need a subscription to view this page for Apple, apparently. Uh, sorry, Tom. Sorry, Tom. Originally, when you sent me this clip, I clicked on it, and it was a newspaper clipping um, that told the story uh, of this lady being found killed. It had her name and, and uh, you know, like what her community said about her and uh, all this other stuff. Um, I can't click it now because you need a subscription to view the page. You didn't originally, but you do now. Um, 
I've never actually seen a boiler room except for in like scary movies or during a scary scene in a comedy movie or something. <laughs> but if it's anything like that, they seem really creepy. Like it's oh, dark yeah. and yeah. it kind of like basement like, I guess, yeah. right? Mm-hmm. Well, uh, if you have any stories, especially here in the spirit of Halloween, call us at 858 215 4455. Tell us your scary stories. And, uh, or you could text us or you can email us at offbrandhorror at gmail.com. All right. Well, we appreciate you guys listening. Uh, keep in mind that the smiling man has been seen in our community. So if you are from our community, then you know where we are. Um, if not still be cautious cause we don't know what kind of thing this is. We don't know what's going on. Like he's, he may have been seen. I was actually funny enough. Uh, listening to Bill Burr's podcast, who is a stand-up comedian who also has a podcast where he does Mondays and Thursdays. And he was talking about, he told the story uh, where he was in Canada for a show and he said that there was a junkie that he saw. He was like, yeah, this guy was like strung out on drugs or something. And he said he was walking towards me with a look of euphoria with a look of euphoria on his face. Uh, He said he was looking into the sky and moving his head with a wild smile, as Bill Burr called it, just a wild smile on his face. And he was dressed like an old weather um, reporter, which is literally like the creepypasta version. like a 70s weather reporter or something, right? Which is literally the freaking... uh, creepypasta version of the smiling man because there's different smiling man descriptions like the sleep paralysis one you see then there's also like the urban legend of seeing him when you're walking down the street at night now bill didn't specify if it was at night or not that he was walking but he said this guy was walking towards him smiling smiling wildly looking into the sky and that he was walking diagonally walking diagonally to me, it sounds like Bill Burr saw the Smiling Man, but he doesn't know the lore of the yeah, Smiling like Man. Yeah, like the creepypasta version. So he of was him. just like, "Oh, it was a junkie," and he was like, "It was creepy," you know, that this mm. junkie was coming towards me. Close encounters, and he didn't even know. Man, that yeah. When I heard that, like I was like, well, I had it playing in the morning when I was getting ready for work, and I was like, "What the heck did he just say?" <laughs> A little too close to home. <laughs> well, it's Canada, so not really, but well, I meant people like that we actually listen to. to not, yeah, <laughs> not yeah. that it was literally, <laughs> but it is close to home because of our friend. Yeah, so beware the smiling man. Please lock your doors. He is out there He's walking out there. the streets. If you're having sleep paralysis episodes, just let someone know if you live alone. To, to, to come stay at your house and just, you know, to, to shake you because we don't know how this thing is working. We don't know how, how, how he's doing this. It sucks that it's during Halloween season and we're trying to, we're trying to be spooky, but in a fun way. A good spooky time. Oh, man. Well, uh, guys, we hope you get plenty of trick-or-treaters when Halloween does come. Uh, but, of course, we will see you before then because we are here every single week. Thank you so much for the views that you guys have been giving us. Um, we're just now starting out, and we're getting getting some good numbers, so we appreciate it. Uh, we hope that you continue to enjoy the content, and we will see you next week on Off Brand Horror. Keep Bye. it spooky, y'all.
I gotta go uh, do some uh, babysitting killings here. <laughs> <laughs>